Lone, thanks for joining us from our studios in Tel Aviv. Coming up in today's newscast, Israel's preparing for an ISIS attack on the Egyptian border. The Jewish state mourns the death of three Israelis killed in Turkey and will uncover the secret Israeli operation that has made international history. I'm Natasha Kirchak here with the latest news in Israel. Israel has been tightening up its security along the border with Egypt in fear of an Islamic State spillover. ISIS has launched a two-year campaign in the Sinai, which has claimed the lives of hundreds. And last weekend alone, 15 Egyptian policemen were killed in an Islamic State attack. The IDF has stepped up patrols across the 6,000 square kilometers of desert bordering the Egyptian border, a territory which has become a haven for heavily armed terrorists. According to Israeli intelligence, an Islamic State attack on Israel is very possible. In preparation, Israeli soldiers are monitoring a border fence built by Israel against infiltration and are on high alert against rocket attacks. IDF soldiers change their positions along the fence on a daily basis and are assisted by radar systems built along the border. They're also constantly on the lookout for cross-border incursions and attempts to kidnap soldiers. ISIS is proving to be a challenging adversary. The threat of ISIS has brought Israeli and Egyptian officials together. Israeli and Egypt are maintaining close security coordination in their joint fight against the Islamic State. The three Israelis who were killed in Saturday's terror attack in Istanbul have been laid to rest today. And in a rare correspondence, the Turkish president has sent his condolences to Israel. Even though Turkish-Israeli ties have been in shambles since 2009, Turkish President Erdogan sent several comforting letters to Israeli leaders. In his note to the Israeli president, Erdogan condemned Saturday's heinous attack in Istanbul, sending his deepest condolences to the people of Israel. The attack has brought Turkey and Israel together in an unusual way. And on Saturday, the Israeli Foreign Ministry Director General met with Turkish officials in Istanbul to thank them for their assistance in the aftermath of the attack. The coffins of three Israeli victims in the attack were returned to Israel yesterday afternoon. Israel's rescue service Magen David Adom also flew home 10 Israelis who were wounded in the attack in a complex operation carried out with the IDF and Turkish authorities. Total, there were 10 wounded and three casualties. We went there yesterday, we brought home all the 10 wounded and the three casualties. From the 10 wounded patients, five of them were lightly wounded, they came back last night. The other five in a complex cooperation of Magen David Adom and the Israeli Defense Forces, we brought them back home today. 60-year-old Simcha Damari was buried this afternoon in her hometown of Dimona. 70-year-old Avraham Goldman was laid to rest in Cholon, and a funeral was held for 40-year-old Yonatan Shur in Kibbutz Kfutzat Schiller. The Israelis had been taking part in a culinary tour and were killed in a suicide bombing carried out by Mehmet Ozturk, a Turkish-born Islamic State-affiliated terrorist. The bomber reportedly followed the tour group from their hotel to a restaurant and waited outside for them before detonating his explosives.
U.S. Vice President Joe Biden is calling on Israelis and Palestinians to revive their will for peace. The American leader spoke to the pro-Israel lobby AIPAC last night as hundreds of anti-Israel demonstrators protested outside the conference hall. Biden says he's disappointed with Israel and Palestinian apathy regarding the peace process and is criticizing Israeli settlement expansion and sanctioning of illegal outposts. The American vice president received thunderous applause for his emotional expressions of affection for Israel and scattered boos when he criticized settlement policy. In my view, after doing this for over 42 years, there is no political will among Israelis or Palestinians to move forward at this moment with serious negotiations. And that's incredibly disappointing because the only way, in my view, to guarantee Israelis' future and security, its identity as a Jewish and democratic state, is with a two-state solution. Biden is also lambasting the BDS movement for its contribution to the rising tide of anti-Semitism. And he says Israel shouldn't be singled out. During his speech, hundreds of anti-Israel demonstrators gathered outside the conference hall, shouting pro-Palestinian slogans. In this footage shot by ILTV's Just Dolgan, we see protesters from the hacker group Anonymous, the Black Panthers, and radical pro-Palestinian groups. Together, the diverse mix of groups closed off the entrance to the APAC event in Washington, D.C. But their protesting did little to stop the event, which will continue through Tuesday. Have you ever been on a date and gotten stuck in one of those awkward silences because you didn't know what to talk about? Imagine you could just take a peek at your phone to get a database of your date's favorite things, desires, and ambitions. Things might go a little more smoothly, right? Well, it looks like an Israeli startup can provide you with the information to improve all of your relationships. David Sachs is the CEO of Tomabox, and he's here with more. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. What is Tomabox? Tell us about this. Well, Tomabox is about using artificial intelligence to analyze what people say when they text, when they use their messaging apps, when they chat on gaming apps, when they text on dating apps. So how did you come up with this idea? Well, first we wanted to do a messaging app, and we saw there were plenty of them, so no use of doing that. But then we found out they have a lot of data, and people were looking to find out what's in that data. That data is very valuable because we're texting so much and we're generating data as we go along. So it's very interesting for people to have a sneak preview and see if we can generate valuable insights. So talking about those insights, what kind of information can you get from messages? Can you give us a scenario? Well, let's say you're on a dating app. The holy grail of dating apps is it for, to be a safe place. So if we found an abusive text, somebody trying to cyberbully some other person, then we'll block it immediately. But other than that, there can be some positive experience as well. If I'm on a dating app and I'm talking to a girl and the conversation gets stuck and they show up a balloon on my screen saying, talk to her about the cats, her cats, because she likes cats, that will get the conversation going. But how can you get that information from a message? Just you're able to track what people are saying and, and showing what they like? So basically, we're sifting through all the messages that are going on on that platform. And we have to decide what's interesting and what's not. Only 20% is interesting. So we go through tens of thousands of messaging per minute and find out the interesting topics that can profile a user and help them engage. At the end of the day, if you're on a dating app, you want to be engaged. Of course. So how do you protect the privacy of, of people who are sending messages? Well, that's a great question. But uh, we've all given up a little bit on privacy for Facebook and Google. 
uh, with our platform, our providers, our, plat our partners, don't give away your private information. So we try to keep your anonymity, and I think that's a good policy going forward. People have to feel safe, but they also have to have a better user experience. Of course. So where is Tomobox being used so far? What, what kind of companies uh, work with you? So we're on dating apps, but we're also on gaming apps, and we're starting to look at health companies because everybody wants to talk to you, and you want to talk to your doctor. If you have a sick child, you want to access the doctor immediately. So how would the doctor know out of 400, 300 text messages that he gets in an hour, what are the more, more important cases? So our software, using that artificial intelligence, will try to prioritize those messages for him so they can give better service. So you're going to see this kind of technology go in every facet of messaging, whether it's banking, insurance, or dating apps. Interesting. How do you see Tomobox being used in the future? What is the goal of the company? Well, we want to be able to provide better services based on chats, not based on what you're clicking or what you've been using, but what people say. It's the most interesting phenomena about humans. They speak. So we want to understand what you want, and we want to provide it in real time, in the moment of passion, in the moment of pain, and again, to help our partners provide great user experience. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, and it's really interesting what you guys are doing. It's very unique. Thank you. Israel is welcoming some special new immigrants following an outstanding secret operation led by the Jewish Agency. The organization has rescued 19 members of the Jewish community in war-torn Yemen, and Israel is calling the undercover operation one of the most significant moments in Israeli history. The group was flown into Israel this morning following a year-long covert plan, and they represent the final batch of around 200 Yemenite Jews who have been brought to Israel by the Jewish Agency in recent years. The head of the Jewish community in Yemen was on the flight with his parents and wife and carried a Torah scroll dating back to the 15th century. Five of the new Jewish arrivals to Israel are from the city of Tsana, and the other 14 are from Reda. The Jewish agency is calling the rescue operation one of the most significant moments in history, since it effectively ends the organization's efforts to bring Jewish immigrants to Israel from Yemen. Just a year after the establishment of the state, Israel conducted a special operation called Magic Carpet to bring the majority of the Yemenite Jews to Israel. The latest operation is essentially bringing an end to one of the oldest Jewish communities in the world. But Yemenite Jewry's 2,000-year contribution to the Jewish people will continue in the state of Israel. The current fighting in Yemen between the Saudi-backed government and the Iranian-backed Houthi jihadists has been hard on the small Jewish community. Yet despite the ongoing civil war in the country, around 50 Jews have refused to leave Yemen and still remain in the war-torn nation. It's probably been hard to forget about the Israeli study we reported on last month, which found that cell phone radiation can damage a man's ability to procreate. Boys, we may have warned you to take your cell phones out of your pockets and back up slowly, but now we have a better solution for you. How about some radiation-proof boxers? Israeli research has inspired a German startup to create life-saving underwear. Literally. Israeli researchers have found a link between cell phone use and a drop in sperm count. And their study indicates that men who use their mobile devices for more than one hour a day have double the risk of their sperm count dropping to levels too low for procreation. It turns out that cell phones can even be a problem when they're not being used. According to the research from the Haifa Technion and Carmel Medical Center, sperm count can also drop in men who keep their phones less than a half a meter away from their groins. Luckily, a German startup called Crownjulen has figured out a way to protect each man's crown jewels by creating radiation-proof boxers. 
Their sperm-saving underwear is made of 58% polyester, 20% polyamide, and 22% silver, which happens to be the deflecting agent. The deflective garment is machine washable and it only costs 30 euros, meaning men can feel safer for a reasonable price. One of the downsides is that the boxers only come in beige and brown, so they're not the most fashionable. But men, we're pretty sure your future children will forgive you for your lack of style. Ladies, after today's story about cell phone use and declining male fertility, it's great news to hear that there's a solution, right? So if you want to know how to celebrate, here's your Hebrew word of the day. Yesh, which basically means woohoo in Hebrew. If your favorite soccer team scores a goal, say yesh. If your girlfriend accepts your marriage proposal, shout yesh. And when you get a raise, you can even scream yesh. Israelis use the word yesh to celebrate all the small and big feats in life because life would be boring if we couldn't get excited about inconsequential things, right? Now, just to clarify, yesh is also used to say there is in Hebrew. For example, you could say yesh pizza by matbach or there's pizza in the kitchen. So in a lot of senses, the word yesh can actually give you things to be excited about, which you can celebrate with by saying yesh again. Let's go ahead and take a look at the weather forecast. Tuesday is expected to be sunny with a high of 67 degrees. It looks like Wednesday will be perfect for a sick day off from work. The sun should be out all day long with a high of 81, so you can head to the beach. All right, everybody, that's it for today's news. Today's exchange rate is 3.85 shekels to the American dollar. Remember to sign up for our daily newsletter at ILTV.TV, and don't forget to check out our evening update every night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tonight.